Hello, it is August 30th, 2022, and you're watching and listening to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. It's been a while since I could Hello there, Scott. How are you doing today? Oh I'm my gosh, it's, great! It's been a long time, right? It's been uh, since the drafts that we've talked. Wow, I've missed you. It's been a while. I've missed your banter, your wonderful <laughs> NFL knowledge. Uh, I've I've missed your your uh, great counters, your great your great <laughs> opinions, your great your great knowledge as well. It's been a while. My my wife has been like, "You need to do your podcast again." I don't want to listen to your football crap anymore. We'll so, see if she says it, that in like three weeks, you know, four weeks when uh, when NFL becomes your life. But yeah, yeah, we definitely missed you at our, our home league draft at the gridiron draft that we have every year. I know you couldn't make it. You got a lot of stuff going on, um, but you did draft a team and we'll, we'll we can talk about that as the year progresses. Um, we both both put some time and effort into our teams. Um, but other than that, how, how are you doing? How are things right now? Things are good, man. Things are great. Yeah. I've just been working from home, uh, you know, getting, getting my feet wet in a new, a new role as in sales and stuff. So that's been great. Um, you know, getting, making this house into a home slowly oh. since we moved in last year. Yeah. And, you know, I missed you guys out in Vegas too. It looked like you guys had a great time, nice, good house that, you know, was able to house everybody in there. And, uh, most people drafted a pretty decent team. Most people. Yes. Most people. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think once you sit down and look at people's teams uh, after a draft, there's not a lot like everybody has like a decent team. There's not a lot of people who you can look at after a draft and say, this team's just awful. Like, unless you're in one of those home leagues where just you have somebody that knows nothing but you know this is our 20th year in our home league in in the gridiron and most people we've been through it we know each other we know the tendencies we know how to draft uh you know people aren't going to come out with a terrible team as the year goes on these teams will progressively get worse and worse due to injuries and uh, just bonehead you know user errors so I guess we'll just have to see, but, uh, but yeah, it's good. Good to hear you're doing well. Uh, let's start out with, uh, with an old timer, a classic. What are you watching right now, Scott? Ooh. Um, well, I'll start off with one that you always recommended to me last season was I actually could finally watch Ted Lasso mm -hmm. and you were right. That was a great show. I mean, that, that was a really good show and, you know, I'm not going to lie. The premise seemed a little, uh, a little dumb to me to begin with. Little you hallmark, know, it's like, oh yeah, a little hallmark, a little oh, Americans don't know anything about soccer, ha ha ha. But mm -hmm. it's a great show. 
and it's a really good show. And the biggest thing is, is, is it has balance. In the same episodes, you will be laughing and, you know, be heartfelt, almost teared up and then laugh again. And then have like, there's really good moments throughout each episode. I thought they did really good. I'm looking forward to the second season. Yeah. It's that balance um, between drama and sports that really brings it all together. And, you know, there's not like a ton of network soccer shows. Um, so that's what was good to me was you get that European soccer feel. Um, I mean, that's the whole premise of the show with the, you know, American twist to it. So, so yeah, I like that show. Anything else you're watching? Uh, the other one main I'm watching right now is I just finished watching the Sandman really? on uh, Netflix. That was, that was pretty good. I had, I had like, I was pretty skeptical at first and, you know, it looked kind of weird and I was like, okay, let's, let's watch one episode. And I got pretty intrigued. It's, it actually, it hooks you. The uh, the actor that plays the Sandman is is really good, and it's just it's a different style of show. I feel like that is it I just one expecting. season? It is just one season right now. Um, they have like it ends, and there's like one extra episode. Um, but I think they're working on. They already got renewed for a second season right now. Cool, awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely have to check it out. Add it to the list. There's a million things to watch right now. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a nerd, and I put different days of the week i have schedules on my iphone on the calendar of shit i have to watch for that day uh so there is stuff on the daily but i think right now as of now uh mondays and fridays are free at least still monday night football right oh so, of course yeah. yeah well that's that's good time management skills you have there that, that's very important well <laughs> yeah 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 well you know i'm i i'm when i tell you there's a shit ton of stuff to watch there's a shit ton of stuff to watch uh right now I, i'm sure you i don't know if you've dug into it but game of thrones on sundays oh well, yeah have, oh yeah you've I've seen been, the first I've few enjoying it oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> he raises up the uh the game of thrones mug for those of you who, who can't see it um by the way we, we are gonna have video uh that if you want to watch this i'll probably post it on twitch and uh maybe youtube if i can uh, get that loaded up but uh, if you want to see you know scott raise up his game of thrones cup and see our banter in live action instead of just listening um yeah so game of thrones thursday she hulk i don't know if you've do- dove into mm-hmm. she hulk yet attorney at law oh yeah uh, yeah that that's, that's a great so show far. Yeah, it's doing pretty good. And I'm going with an oldie that I never got around to see, but Peaky Blinders. Um, Stephanie's really into it. She Mm -hmm. loves that uh, uh, early 20th century style gangster, um, like back and forth that they have. And it is actually a really good show. It really keeps you on the edge of your seat. So, So, yeah, and, you know, with hard knocks and you got game of, uh, not game of Thrones, uh, Lord of the Rings starting on Thursday uh, tomorrow. Uh, you got a new star Wars series coming up. There's just a ton of stuff that we're gonna have to be watching uh, this month. And not to mention, I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, a week from Thursday football starts. Yeah. Oh, game. That one. sounds pretty interesting. That's, that's what I'm here for. I'm not going to lie. Right. Yes. Uh, are, do you have any like week one traditions that you do like for that first game? Because it's usually like that Super Bowl team against a, a budding team uh, that, that came out of the same division. Is there anything that you look forward to for that day? 
Uh, you know, I usually just, I just like getting back into the feeling of it all, you know, because the first game is usually on a Thursday night. So it is, you know, technically a work night or a school night, but it's just getting that feeling back, watching the pregame, you know, watching them warm up and then having just live tackling and, and actual game planning. I'm just really excited. I don't have any big traditions that I do for the first game just because the Steelers haven't been in the first game in a little while, but mm-hmm. uh you know, just like I said, I think more first tradition that first Sunday, that first Sunday of like all day football oh, yeah. for me is is a big tradition of, you know, hopefully meeting up with you and some of the other mm-hmm. guys here around town and and just really uh, enjoying from noon from noon to night, you know, all the games. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully in the first like hour or two, you're just as excited as you were for the previous month since we've drafted, since you've had these players, because I know. There's sometimes that those noon games on the week one can absolutely break your heart. Think like thinking I waited so long for this. I waited so long. So my quarterback could fumble twice and throw a pick on a, uh, on a long drive. So yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. I just get really excited. You know, I, I get giddy for that first game. I usually gamble on it. I put way too much on, on that, whatever team I, I favor in that game. And whenever somebody makes a tackle, I'm like, I know somebody owns that player. You know, we run a lot of IDP leagues. So I go out and look, you know, who has a point, who got a point there, who got a point there. Obviously as the season progresses, you don't care as much. You're like, okay, yeah, this person got another point, but that it's like, Oh my gosh, these players are actually getting points and our season has started. It gets very exciting. Um, And so I'm definitely looking forward to that and looking forward to uh, every Thursday, Sunday and Monday having football until 2023. That's just, that's great. It's my favorite part of the year. I'm so pumped up for it. Um, But right now, let's talk about right now. It's kind of a dead zone. Preseason's over, right? Uh, There's not really much football. There's a few blurbs here and there. People have been releasing. It's blurb season. People have been released or traded as of today. Uh, what's your big thing for these two weeks? What, what or the, now it's down to about a week and a half. What's your what's your uh, strategy for these two weeks? Um, in real life, I guess getting ready for the first weekend of football, making sure I don't have anything, you know, chores or stupid little things to do around the house. Make sure mm-hmm. I have free Sunday, you know, and, uh, and, and I'm not putting anything off. So I try to get that done here this next weekend and fantasy wise, I'm just trying not to make too many moves because yep. we have a limited 30 moves for our roster uh, for the whole season. And so making too many moves right now, um, we spoke earlier in our group chat, our uh, other uh, um, team member said Trevor was saying you could find a lot of great defensive players right now in this time. Mm-hmm. Well, that is true. There's a lot of them out there. You don't know who they are yet. You, sure. you they, they, They've got to get out there and play. You've got to see at least week one of, you know, who's this badass guy that was sitting behind a star. Now the star got traded or got, got retired. And literally nobody knows about him until he hits the field week one, basically, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, there's going to be a few of those guys. I think after that, that's, I stood out make, make some more moves. But right now, these weeks, like I said, I'm just trying not to make too many moves. I've been getting a lot of trade offers. I've honestly been stayed. I've stayed off a lot of trade offers just because I like my team right now. And I just want to see him play like one week, just, just yep. get out there and just show me what you could do. And then, and then we'll talk about trades. 
No, what, I, what about you? I agree. Uh, you, I have really, you know, I have a few more drafts to go this weekend um, just to finish up with a few more, you know, friends and work leagues. Um, but I have put a lot of time into rankings uh, for different positions. I've put a lot of time into studying, uh, you know, news and notes and watching preseason games and all this sort of stuff. I feel like we've already had like a little mini season already with trading and whatnot. It's time for to let my brain like rest, I think, for a little bit and just kind of like not sit there and analyze and just say, hey, you know, I think my team's ready. I think that we're ready to go. I think we're good for week one. This is the best, you know, I I'm sure all NFL players are just sitting there waiting for week one. They're not going to get injured. They're not going to, you know, do anything, hopefully. Uh, so you just kind of want to get some time in with the family. Don't think about football all that much, even though we're doing a podcast and sitting here. Um, don't overreact to every blurb, every news article that comes out because, you know, there is going to be something, well, it looks like this guy is going to get the majority of the carries or he's going to get the goal line work or, you know, he's going to be looking uh, to this receiver early and often. Don't overreact to that sort of stuff. Just kind of go with your gut and go with um, what's, you know, what was in your heart when you drafted and and just get ready for the season because there's a long season ahead of you. And, and if you take these two weeks and just, rack your brain uh trying to get ready for week one you'll never survive for sure yeah i agree so, i think that's a smart approach relax yeah. and just kind of get ready for the season we've got a long season coming up so just kind of you know spend some time with your family make you know do a couple other details but don't don't stress yourself too much i think that's exactly right yeah absolutely um so we in these past few weeks, we usually draft pretty early in our home leagues. And, and there's a lot of leagues there out there that are, that draft real early, whether it be in early August or late July. Um, and then the, the bulk of people are doing it in Labor Day weekend or uh, or this last weekend. Uh, we've had about a month to sit there and stare at our players and really uh, look at other people's teams and see what we want, You know, see if we're satisfied with what we have. So we've been trading. A lot. I think there's uh, been total like eight trades involved. Um, I like to trade a lot. A lot of times I draft based on. There's some leagues that don't allow trading. Ours is very encouraged. Uh, leagues that know, don't allow trading. There's Jesus. leagues that don't allow trading. Communist Russia. What the I hell? know. I know. It is it's gross. Um, but that is not our league. In fact, it's far from our league. Uh, we encourage trading. I draft often, knowing that this player is the best value. Uh, I just don't like them. And so I know that other people would be attracted to this player. I personally think that I would rather get more value for him. And that's why I draft them. Uh, whether that be right or wrong, I've had four trades under my belt from July 31st to August 30th. So what I want you to do is tell me a few things. First, trade strategy. What's your strategy when uh, when when you look at trading, when you're trading with people? What do you think makes a good trader and what do you think makes a bad trader? So tell me your strategy first. So when I'm look looking at uh, 
trading with somebody, I always kind of look at their team and just kind of figure out what their strengths and weaknesses are on a very uh, superficial level. And then from there, translate that to who the manager is. And is that does that translate straight over to, to what their opinions are of what they think of their players? Do they really think that their strongest players are their strongest players? Because that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then possibly even with uh, team affiliation too, that could always be a thing. Um, so right there, just kind of give you an understanding of each team based off of that. And then, and then just open communications. To me, that's the biggest thing about a good trader or a bad trader is open communications, figuring out what they want, what they don't want. And just, cause to me, it's a dance, you know, you're, yep. you're barely ever going to get a trade done on the first offer. It's, it's about kind of sending it back and forth. So to me, the biggest thing is open communications. Yeah. What about you? I, I mean, I, I agree with you uh, to a certain extent. So I like to, not offer what I need as much, but more what I have in excess that I think that other people need. Okay, so if I think that you need a receiver, I'm going to go push a receiver on you. If I think you need a running back, I'm going to go push a running back on you. Um, I try to buy low. You know, it, it, the the whole point of trading is to not buy somebody at their peak, but more buy somebody uh, who you think is on their way up. Uh, and not on their way down. Uh, utilize free agency. So a lot of times what will happen will be I'll look at free agency and I'll see somebody I really like. Hmm. And I'll say, you know, I could see this person in my starting lineup and I could take my person that's currently in my starting lineup and help myself elsewhere. Um, and so a lot of times what you'll see is like, you'll see me trade somebody and then immediately make a move and pick up this person and insert them in the slot where I traded. Uh, sometimes it works out. I mean, you know, sometimes you, you hit gold and sometimes it's, it's trash and then you have to make, make up for your mistakes. Um, but I think that being knowledgeable about, you know, what's out there, what's on the free agent wire and where this player whoever it might be fits in the scheme of of everybody or in the rankings of of everybody at their position really is good for both sides it it really is unfortunate when you're trading with somebody who doesn't know a lot about football or about fantasy football because what happens is they all they know is about what ESPN has told them or what these rankings have told them they you know, so if you're offering, you know, let's just say uh, an Austin Eckler for a Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, you see the gap in ranking. So you uh, go ahead and take that when maybe it's not all there. Um, you know, some people might reject trades based on, well, this pundit, Matthew Berry or whoever told me that this person wasn't as as good. Um, another thing for a bad trader, I think, is that they have really, really high asks. Like if you say, you know, I really like this wide receiver three on your team or your backup tight end. And they're like, well, you know, I'm looking for your starting running back or swap quarterbacks or something like that. That to me is like, well, you're only going for throat rips. You should absolutely, if you're going to be a good trader, be willing to make 
the small trade. Mm -hmm. The like the trade that's very minimal that people go, why did you, why even bother? Like, what is this? Who cares? Who would want that person for that person? You know, that's dumb or, or whatever. Those trades I think are very important and tell you who actually is like a good trader. I help you here. You help me here. And uh, really, honestly, you can create good relationships with people down the line and saying, hey, you know, I know this person likes to trade in our league. I know mm -hmm. Trevor likes to trade. I, I know Max likes to trade. I know Chase likes to trade. Those are the people that I'll go to. And I know they, they can be reasonable uh, to a certain extent. Obviously, you know, sometimes you reach a roadblock, but you can be reasonable and say, uh, these are, you know, those are people that you can go back and forth and reach a, a middle ground. But yeah, I don't want to go off forever. Sometimes I get a little bit ticked off by some of the trading tactics of some people in different leagues um, because it, you know, the people who shut you down after one offer and don't they get like offended said, by the initial offer. Yeah. It's offended by the initial offer and they don't have a, a, a rebuttal or anything like that. That's, I, I think also you, you've got to have kind of like earlier you're saying about, you got to have a decent amount of football knowledge. You, you also have to have a, some imagination too. You, you yeah. got to have, you know, be able to see your team and set in a different way, mm -hmm. but, but we could talk about trades all day. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get in the meat, the podcast, uh, start out with a little section called important or not important. You're going to tell me whether you think this is important or not important and why. Okay. You ready? Tom Brady missed a chunk of the preseason. Is that important or not important? You know, I think it's slightly more important than people think. Just because he's old, he's getting mm -hmm. older, he hasn't shown his age yet, but now he has to leave training camp for like almost three weeks. Like he's never really done that before. It, 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 it brings up a lot of questions to me. Is there undisclosed uh injury or just play, playing like body wear and tear that we don't know about and he needed a break did it does he just not have the fire anymore does he is he just not really there anymore to, to you know his little let's go attitude shit like is it is it not really there anymore is it just kind of like hey i showed up i was supposed to be in miami with a much better team but i guess i'm still here in tampa with attitude you know mm -hmm. like it, it it doesn't it doesn't say I'm all in. Let's go win a Super Bowl, you know. True. So True. it's it's a little more important to me than 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 I than people are giving it credit. Um, you know, he's still going to play. You'll still be Tom, but I don't think. Uh, I think this might be like the beginning of the the real end. Yeah, uh, I think, think it's I think it's more unimportant. He's had some O line problems. Obviously, they've had some injuries in the in the preseason that have caused some alarm. Um, you know. If you get it, Brady up the middle, that's been his weakness, his Achilles heel, his whole career. Um, and he's lost a center and, and I believe a guard um, thus far this offseason. Um, I, I don't think Tom Brady's play is going to be uh, lessened by his time away. It might be lessened by age. It might be lessened by the change in talent. As much as we hate on Antonio Brown, I believe he's light years more uh, talented at his age or was last season than Julio Jones will be coming into the season. So I think they took a step back at receiver um, and also tight end with Gronk. Mm -hmm. You know, so do I think that this 
in particular, him missing time, whatever the media wants to make up, whether it's a mass singer, whether it's a divorce, whether it's him having plastic surgery, whether it's all this crazy stuff, uh, you know, I, I really don't care. All I care about is how it, it affects football and fantasy and those that depend on Tom Brady. And I really just don't think that that, that time away made any difference. I think if you're going to see a difference in Tom Brady's play this season, it's probably going to be due to the aforementioned uh, things that, that were just said. How about yesterday's news? Jimmy Garoppolo signed as a backup for the 49ers. Is that important or not important? It's important to Jimmy. <laughs> That's yeah. about it. Yeah, That's really about it. I, I think the Niners realize that it's better to just sign him to this uh, to this contract and get rid of the media circus about where's Jimmy going to go so that they can focus on football. Um, because there aren't really that many good location uh, trading locations for a mediocre quarterback right now. And that's all he is. He's a mediocre quarterback. Yeah. So they, it's better to just get rid of the distraction, focus on football, and remember the fact that you had a good quarterback for a while. And every time you made it to the playoffs, he was fucking injured. So have a decent backup is not a terrible thing to do because Trey Lance still hasn't played a full season yet. Trey Lance has not really gotten hit by NFL players, by NFL linemen and linebackers. I want to see if his bones are made of glass or not. And we don't know that until that happens. So having a backup quarterback that's decent, and I think it was actually a good move for them. It's not that big to the league. It's not a big deal by any means. No other, other than Jimmy. Now he's just a placeholder there, I guess. Um, but like I said, there were just weren't that many good good options to trade. They weren't going to get anything for him right now. So do you think this affects Trey Lance's uh, value at all? No, no, not 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 at all. He's been playing great. Um, the same uh, front office management and head coach that dra- that traded up to draft him are still there. So like, there's zero risk to him at all. It's like I said, it's just good to have a good backup just in case. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Hypothetical question. Uh, the 49ers are like three and five, and the reason they're three and five is poor quarterback play. Do we see Jimmy in week nine? Um, I just I don't see that happening just because of way the style of offense it is, and Trey Lance can always just fall back on running the ball himself. So mm-hmm. I, I don't see that necessarily being like all his fault kind of thing. Um, and he's got, he's got some great weapons around him and the system, like I said, the offensive system is very good. So I don't, I don't see that happening. If it did, I still don't see them going back to Jimmy, even if it did, I I see them sticking it through, sticking it out with him and, uh, trying to make him better, which I think they, I think they will. I think they have a lot of good weapons. They do. I think that's a really good quarterback situation for sure. Uh, I think it's important though. I think that if you're Trey Lance, you did not really want that to happen. I mean, it's like if your ex uh, decided to live with you and your new your new girlfriend, like it's just it's one of those things where uh, it is kind of <laughs> awkward. Where it's like I'm taking your job now and you have fun at your on your on your new team, and uh, you know it seems like they were like you know what we'd like him to stick around just for in case. And and to me. Um, I, I disagree. I think that if Trey Lance uh, does do poorly throughout the first half of the season, that you could see some Jimmy here and there. And I don't think poorly means that 
they go 500 or whatever. I think he has a really long leash, but I think that if he bombs that it could be Jimmy time. Um, do I think he's a fantasy relevant person right now? No, I don't. I, I think that, uh, you know, wink, wink to somebody in our league. If you have him, you should drop him. But, uh, you know, I, I really honestly think that, that you're right. It was probably the best decision for him, for Jimmy, because there was no starting spot. It reminds me a lot of Trubisky, where it's like, you may be the 33rd best quarterback in the league. Jimmy might be the 33rd best quarterback in the league, the best backup right now. Um, and the moment a starting spot is open, he may be the best option for that. And won't be this year. He has no trade clause. Um, so they'd have to trade him somebody that he uh, obviously agrees to. But next year, you know, he's on a one-year contract. I would not be surprised if the Buccaneers come and call in or one of these Carolina other teams. Panthers. <laughs> oh, I'm I just saying they don't say really that. have a quarterback right now. So, like, yeah. Yeah. I thought they were going to be the number ones, but then they went and wasted all their time and money on Baker. But you know. Well, he – so Jimmy also had some very badly timed surgery – yeah, that, that was the biggest thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and and he wasn't yeah. You know, so it's it's a totally different situation. But but yeah, no, I I think that uh, Jimmy signed as a backup is a little bit alarming to Trey Lance owners and nothing to too serious to worry about, but uh, something to keep your eye on. How about uh, Baltimore today signed Kenyon Drake? Does that alarm you for J.K. Dobbins owners? Um, not so much. Just because, you know, if they just signed him now and he caught on kind of late, Kenyon Drake really hasn't been good for a few years now. Um, it's and they have such they already have they already have other running backs. Honestly, I'd be more worried about just Lamar running it himself than another running back showing up in the in the uh, running back room there. But I don't think I don't think it's that big of a deal. No one's going to pick him up and he's not going to be fantasy relevant. I, I, I got to disagree with you there. So, well, I. I don't want to say fantasy relevant or not fantasy relevant, uh, mind you. So in a lot of my leagues, I in if you get to the later rounds with running backs, it becomes like an absolute wasteland. I'm talking like in the JD McKissick, Naheem Hines, uh, you know, one down there in like the 30s of running backs where you're just really scrambling to find that that anything that you can get. Uh, Mike Davis. I think we'll get a lot of the early work for Baltimore or was until this signing. Um, J.K. Dobbins will be out there. It's just yet to be seen. There's been some news that J.K. Dobbins may not start the year 100% healthy, may not get, and if he does, he's not going to get 100% of the workload. Obviously, they're going to try to ease him back in. I mean, he's coming off an ACL injury and and he's a young guy. I mean, eventually by mid-year, I think he'll be 100%. But right now, J.K. Dobbins is not going to get 100% of the work. So in comes Mike Davis, who's been a reliable, uh, you know, he pretty much is Gus Edwards, who is not healthy right now for the Ravens. Early down guy can get, you know, three to five yards carry, but gets that goal line work um, and and sometimes can, you know, put up a 10 or 15 spot uh, as your RB2 or flex. Uh, I think that's what Kenyon Drake being signed really threatens that uh that spot and so while i think jk dobbins spot is pretty much set in stone 
in that he'll get 50% of the work for the first three or four weeks. And week five, it'll be all his. I think for those first three or four weeks, anybody that was depending on Mike Davis has to kind of step back and question like, should I pick up Kenyon Drake? I think that if you're struggling for a running back at this point right now, Kenyon Drake can absolutely carve out a role, even with J.K. Dobbins, if he comes out and just blows people out of the water. If Kenyon Drake comes out and has like a 100-yard two-touchdown game in the first week or two, I would not doubt we see Kenyon Drake in week 10 getting half the carries. So something to keep your eye on. The Raiders were obviously pretty low on him. Um, they didn't want to keep him around with Josh Jacobs. But, uh, but yeah, it's, that, it's that's kinda... concerning. If the Raiders have a low yeah. opinion of you, I mean, the Raiders have some of the worst football opinions in the league. True. They, they draft first round draft picks and a year later, they're just like, Oh, well, that was a bad choice. Get out of here. True. So, I mean, you know, you got to really take their opinions with a grain of salt. Um, they just drafted just... Zamir White, though. So they want to get Zamir White a lot of work, I guess, with Josh Jacobs. So they thought Drake being the third, we don't want to pay him that kind of money. Yeah. Uh, but also, but you're right. remember, though, uh, the Ravens with did not pick up Lamar's uh, contract. So he's in a contract year. So, and their running uh, offense is an option. So if he has the option to try and prove his stats or hand the ball off, what do you think he's going to do? Obviously, he's going to pass or run. And I, I think I we see a lot so of it's like, Yeah, and it's more than even last year just because he's on a contract year. Mm-hmm. So he's going to keep that ball for himself more often than not, probably especially in the red zone. Yeah, yeah. You you might be right there. Uh, how about something that hits close to home? Uh, Najee Harris, Liz Frank. Is this important or not important? important man that's scary i mean yeah. list franks that's a that's a dirty nasty word that's like a you know like what'd you call me yeah kind of word you know like it is you know because the last one we heard was freaking the king himself derrick henry was out for the rest of the season with that so mm-hmm. and after Najee's uh year last year with how many carries and touches he had that's a that's a big concern uh, that yep. is that is definitely a concern so because now you have two weeks. I really do like there's not a week four preseason game, so now there's two weeks to rest at least. But going into the season, that's definitely something to monitor. Yeah. I, the one thing I'll take away from that is if he had some kind of injury like that, do you think the Steelers would have even thrown him out there in the third preseason game if he you was to, struggling? You have to understand the way Tomlin is. He's very old school mentality. He says, if you can't suit up for practice on Thursday and Friday, you're not playing Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so from the preseason, he equivalents, equivalents that to a certain amount of snaps, whether you get it, you know, spread out within three games or you do it all in one game, you have to get a certain amount of snaps to show that you're ready to play football. So they just, so he went out and got his snaps. It's just the way, it's just the way he is. And, and it's the mentality of like, if you're going to get ready to play football, you have to practice playing football as opposed to Sean McVay. It's like, if you're my starter, nobody's touching you. Don't even breathe on him. Right. You don't do anything in preseason. Yeah. You know, going into it, we got Deontay Johnson injured. We got TJ Watt injured. We got Alex Highsmith injured. We got Nachi nursing the last Frank. We got the offensive line just looks like dog shit. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, I'm worried. I do like, <laughs> I do like, I get the idea. I get the idea. It's just, it's a very injury prone sport. So it's, mm-hmm. it's tough to watch sometimes because I watched Najee play like the entire first half in a preseason game, completely unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, true, true. Let's hope. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you guys, 
have signed some some backups there for for Najee and and so maybe uh less work is more work for Najee going forward um I I can't quite name them off the top of my head but uh but yeah hopefully you know Najee uh Najee's okay going into this first week I think that this is definitely important like you said um something to monitor because Really, honestly, in my first draft of running back rankings, Najee was number one. I mean, just from receiving work and the work on the ground and his workhorse mentality and that offense, I had him at, at number one. Now, I think as far as running back ranks concerned, I would drop him to four, maybe five around Joe Mixon. Um, and if you pick him, you got to know that this is something that you may have to deal with for the first half of the season. Right. It just goes back to the, like, you know, knock on wood, nothing happens, but if something right. does, it goes back to the, what is it over 250 touches as a running back the next yep. year you get injured. So just, yeah. you know, it's a kind of that bar, that line of just can't overwork them. You know? True. True. All right. Last one for the important, not important. I think you'll like this one. Baker wins the starting job. Is that important or not important? It is important. It is. Any anybody that is a starting quarterback in the NFL is important. Yes. Uh, you know, he beat out Darnold before Darnold got injured. Um, so that you know, that's kudos to him. He has he's done uh pretty well there, and the Panthers gave him a chance, which was surprising, but you know, everybody makes mistakes. Uh <laughs> it's just you know. At you honestly day, think that the, the Panthers office is going to be worse than it was last year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, I think you may be in the minority on that one. So when was the last time Christian McCaffrey was any good? Well, okay. He's good in his, in his limited time last year. Yes. Right. In like the four, <laughs> four games, he, he's, his statistics were very good. I, I'm I mean, just, I'm just saying if Baker Mayfield is not sitting, is not, under center of a extremely powerful running offense and he, and the defense can focus on him. It's, I mean, it, it it's going to be a, a, a free frenzy, man. Uh, free for all. They're going to, they're going to go after him, man. They're going to smell blood on the water. They're going to kill him. It's going to be entertaining to watch. I, I think that Baker has better third down stats than I uh, previously expected when I looked them up. Mm-hmm. But when you watch him play, if he is not, making you know every every pass is a play action pass for him it is just dead in the water you can't you can't expect him to score a touchdown on a two-minute drill you can't expect him to uh bring you back from being down 20 points you can't expect him to go five wide and, and complete a pass i'm sorry like if he's not play action pass and checking down to the tight end of the flats then that's it that, that's that's his whole game. So it's it'll be entertaining to watch, I think. I think I mean right. you said yourself that the third down numbers are better than what you thought. I think that's part of the attraction of of Baker is that not that he's going to come and throw. I mean, two years ago he was what, number quarterback thirteen. Um, so he was pretty good. Obviously last year he fell apart and made the Browns move on for from him, whether that was a smart decision or not. It's not for us to name here, but the part of the attraction is not for him to 
go out and throw 40 touchdowns, but to be clutch and in situations to get the job done and to have that little moxie, that little drive, that little, uh, you know, that swagger. And so I, I think that moving to this offense, having it open up a little bit, if you know that when he was with the Browns, there's a lot of, like you said, play action, running the ball. It's what we've seen to him dumping off in the, in the flat, uh, you know, st- cross over the middle. He didn't utilize OBJ very, very well. Obviously, there was fighting there. Um, and so you have this reputation grow of Baker of this uh, running quarterback, not running quarterback, a running game quarterback. So like a game manager that can get the ball down the field, like a like a Jimmy G, perhaps. Um, I, I think if you open it up, we're going to see a lot of different Baker this year because you open it up and you let him pass uh you give him in three wide sets you take some pressure off with christian mccaffrey um if he fails this year i will agree with you i will say hey this is baker's just not the guy baker is a career backup baker's not uh somebody that deserves to be first overall however i just think he has every opportunity this year to go out and be successful and 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 put numbers on the board and be that high-end quarterback too, uh, that that we kind of expect him to be. I agree with that, and, and that's that's actually been my problem with him the whole time is that he has always had a position uh, been set up for success with the weapons and offensive line and receivers and running backs and coaches. He has always been in a good position, and he's done like so little with it. Like like if he was like if he would have gone to the lions like Jared Goff did last year and Goff uh, did really well in garbage time, but he did really well. Baker would have just gotten, I mean, he would have been torn to shreds over there. And, and like the, my biggest thing is like you, you just said, he's a guy that if they open up the offense, maybe push the ball down the field, the shots of OBJ running down the field wide open and Baker just goes, I can't throw the ball that far and turns back this way. If that's if that's what you're doing on the field, get the fuck out of here, man. Go home. Yeah. Go fuck home. Go pack. Go pack some groceries. Go uh, be a ten. Uh, you know, a clerk at a bank. I don't give a shit. But if you can't, if you see a wide open wide receiver down the field, and you can't throw it to him because it, you're too fucking weak. Then go home. That, yeah. That's my biggest problem with him, and that's why I think Tyreek Hill is a waste on Miami. Because see that pass to I did the other day. Jesus, he put everything he had into it. <laughs> Tyreek had to like stop and turn and come back to get it, and I was just like, that is such a waste of talent. Oh man, I wish yeah. Brady was there. Uh, I I will slightly agree with you there, even though we went from Baker getting the starting job to Tua somehow. No, but I I, I do agree that lack of uh, arm strength. Lack of arm strength, okay, and and uh, somebody that's set up with a bunch of weapons that may or may not utilize them as they want to. I I think Baker. A lot of what happened with Baker though had to do with the Browns, just like we talk about how, or some people talk about how Brady's successes were due to a system that he was in, and the Patriots as a whole were just a great team. Uh, I think that some of Baker's shortcomings had to do with the Browns' offense and the way they ran their team. And that uh, getting him outside of there will really um, solidify his legacy, whether it be good or bad. So um, it's something we're going to have to see. And, and we're on different spectrums on whether what we think Baker, as far as the news itself, I don't think it's very important. I think that's not important because I think when they traded for him, they knew he was going to be the starter. Darnold was there. They knew he, they had him under contract. They wanted him uh, to be the backup. And now he's hurt. So, uh, yeah. 
So that was the meat, or that's some of the meat that's important or not important. Now what we're going to do, me and Scott, we're going to sit here and we're going to try to help you, the listener, with your either post or pre-draft needs. Okay, we're going to give you five each, 50% Yahoo-owned offensive players that might be able to help you week one, 50% or under. So these are low-owned, may or may not be sleepers because they'll help you week one. We're not going to say they're going to help you week two or week three or whatever. We're going to do 50 offensive players. I'm set five offensive players. And then we're going to do five 10% or lower owned IDP players that may be able to help you week one. They may or may not be owned in the gridiron. I think some of these guys may not be owned, uh, but uh, we'll we'll take turns. Okay. I'll I'll go first. How about that? You cool with that? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Alec Pierce. Uh, he's the third receiver. He's going to slot. He's going to be a slot receiver for the Colts. Uh, I believe he's nine percent owned. He is nine percent owned. Uh, been raved about in camp. So if you're looking for that wide receiver three, um, I'm not huge on Matt Ryan. No offense. I know you draft him as your QB too. I'm not huge on Matt Ryan this year, but I do think that Alec Pierce fits in with a guy that has struggled to throw the ball deep. Um, you know, in his uh, older age, um, I've watched Matt Ryan in the past few years really struggle to get that deep ball on point. Like you said about Tua, players coming back to the ball. Uh, overthrown, just whatever. He just hasn't been there. But I think Matt Ryan can be a very good uh, Philip Rivers type short game guy to get the pass to the receiver within the five to 10 yard mark and let them do something with it. Uh, I think Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman to a certain extent are those kind of receivers that can do that, that can get the ball in space uh, and, and get big chunks of yardage with them. So Alex Pierce being so low owned i think it's a a good opportunity to go and pick them up as depth or have them as your wide receiver three in in desperate situations i like it i like it um i you know i I do agree i mean matt ryan is definitely on the downturn of his career but luckily he's in an offense where it's not focused all on him you know they've got jonathan taylor and a great offensive line so hopefully he can at least get some stuff done get the ball to people like alec pierce um, my first guy I was going to talk about was actually Kenny Galladay. Mm-hmm. I know not the most popular guy wide receiver in the room. Not at all. He will be, he will be a wide receiver one for a team. And he is very little owned, not even owned in our league. And the giants defense is pretty terrible. Not to mention how many times that Daniel Jones will, and then will turn the ball over this season they will be down more often than not. So they will have to throw more often than not. That's downgrading Saquon, but it's upgrading Kenny. And you don't need a, a great quarterback for a good wide receiver. Daniel can, th- can throw interceptions and fumbles all day as long as Kenny gets his, and I think he will. There's not much There's not much competition in the wide receiver room there either. So somebody's so, got to get those, those balls. Yeah. No, okay. So I – for – Somebody who's desperate. I I agree with you. 
Um, because oh, I we're think going that, barely owned here. <laughs> we are. We're so going barely owned. And, and yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you because what we're talking about somebody, Kenny Galladay, was like a top ten receiver coming into the 2020 season. This is 2022, so this is two years ago. I'm sorry. Yeah, coming in the 2020 season. I mean, he had a hundred or a thousand, a hundred and ninety yards and eleven touchdowns in 2019, coming from Stafford. Those are really, really good stats. Obviously, the next year he got hurt, so he only had 338 yards and two touchdowns um, on 32 targets. The next year, uh, he only played in 14 games last year out of 17, but only had 76 targets and did not reach the end zone. So we haven't seen Kenny Galladay be Kenny Galladay since 2019. On the depth chart, on the New York Giants depth chart, he is the number one receiver. So I guess the question is, if you think he still has talent, um, he is going to be showcased. And certain points, uh, like everybody, every league has Kadarius Tony owned. And see, to me, I don't see Kadarius Tony necessarily being that much better. You're still investing in Giants offense. You're still investing on Daniel Jones getting the ball there. Um, like so he's probably, I think he has what, like three touchdowns last year. So it's like a little yeah. bit better than Kenny Galladay, but and it's not blowing my skirt up here. No, For a yeah. value pick, that's probably somebody just sitting out there on the free agency. I like it. Yeah. No, and I. I could think of way worse uh, gambles that you could take, but if you are taking literally every single pundit, every single fantasy football expert out there is going to say Kenny Galladay is trash, he's done, it's whatever. So if you are taking Kenny Galladay, you are trying to prove to the world that you know more about this than anyone else, and you are taking Kenny Galladay against the world. I like it. I, I don't mind it, um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, that is, that is a, that's a risk. It for sure is a risk. All right. Next up, I want to take a kicker if you don't mind. Um, he's not owned in a lot of, uh, of leagues here and some leagues don't even do kickers. Uh, Will Lutz, who was the number one kicker, I believe like three or four years ago, Will Lutz has been kicking for a while. Uh, he is 8% owned. So in leagues with kickers, um, he's probably outside the top 14. Uh, I saw him sink two 50-plus yarders in the preseason, one being 59. The guy can kick it from all over the field. And if you're looking – my the way I look at kickers, uh, I like somebody – First of all, I can make that 50 plus yarder because that is that opens up so many more opportunities for the coach to come out and depend on this person and say, hey, it's fourth and three and we were 53 yards out. Let's go ahead and take that field goal um, when some other teams may say, hey, I, I don't got it or the percentages aren't there. Let's go ahead and go for it. Uh, I think the Saints will absolutely go for it in a situation where they can get that 50 plus yarder. And also you want a uh, not so much. I've never been the guy to take the kicker that kicks the most extra points in the league. That's chump change. Okay. You know, the Harrison Buckers, uh, the Mason Crosby's of the world. Uh, the, the, I believe Matt Gay's for the, whatever, not saying that they're bad. I'm just saying they, the real uh, points you're going to get out of those field goals and not just the short field goals, but the long field goals and the uh, percentage conversion rate of those long field goals. And I think Will Lutz uh, is somebody that 
can really do that for the Saints this year, who may or may not score every time they reach the red zone, score every time they get on that side of the field. Uh, it may get stalled a few times. And, you know, in comes Will Lutz. I think Will Lutz should be owned in most leagues if you're in a kicker league. And uh, if not, then he should be one of the first off the free agency boards for somebody who's hurt or somebody who's struggling. It's not bad. I like it. I mean, the number one thing I I always think about for kickers is the head coach. Hmm. Is the head coach going to go for it on fourth down and, you know, and risk turning the ball over? Or is he going to kick that 50-yard field goal instead? You know, the Mike Rabels, the John Harboroughs of the league that are a little more old school, uh, have really high Madden IQ, if you will, and are always playing it safe and basically, okay, you know, let's let's kick this 45-yard field goal instead of going for it on fourth and three, things like that. Um, And I agree, yeah, not taking the the cheap shot uh, guys with the most extra points, I think is good. And Will Lutz has a place in a plays in a dome i think that's that's always that's always a nice little uh add-on for a kicker for sure Mm -hmm. i like it cool uh all right what do you got what do you got well who's your second my second one now this does depend on health but i still like robert tunyon Mm -hmm. he tore his acl last year it's still a little soon but aaron Rodgers is still aaron Rodgers, and i still don't see him having necessarily a number one wide receiver since Devontae adams left so if Tanya can come back healthy, he's still questionable for week one, but he should be fine after that. If he can come back and be the tight end he was, I think that's, that's going to be huge because I bet uh, that Rodgers will lean on him a, a little more than he used to. And he had a great year last year until he got injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 26% owned right now on Yahoo. Uh, I, I really honestly think that you're right, that um, you know what's going on there in Green Bay is – an absolute mystery on on how the targets and and touches are going to be distributed in the passing game. You've got Aaron Rodgers, who's been drafted as a top ten quarterback universally, just because you know Aaron Rodgers. But you're looking at the receivers: Lazard, R- uh, Romeo Dubs. Um, you've got Cobb. Um, you've got Christian Watson. Uh, you got Amari Rodgers. None of these guys are really attracting a high ADP. So. Robert Tunyon kind of sneaks in there. He's not in the top 14, so he's not being drafted as a tight end one. Um, very yeah. touchdown dependent, but if you can get uh, somebody, if you're waiting to the end of your draft or you're, you, you've you got somebody to pick up off free agency, you have a tight end injury, I think you're right. I think Tunyon could be one of the first ones off the board there for sure. Or my next guy, Noah Fant. Um, I I was dumbfounded in the off season when they made this Russell Wilson trade that Noah Fant was involved. Um, I, you know, I thought that I, obviously they liked Albert O in in Denver. They thought he was a, a tremendous talent, but Noah Fant is a really good tight end, like really good tight end. I I I love his numbers. Um, over the past few seasons. And I know you're thinking, oh my gosh, the dang Seahawks offense, just awful. DK Metcalf's uh, ADP has absolutely plummeted. Kenny Gall, or not Kenny Galladay, uh, uh, Lockett, Tyler Lockett has dropped their third receiver, D. Eskridge right now, who was playing into the fourth quarter in uh, preseason games. Noah Fant 
it's been a while since they've had like a really, really good tight end that really, uh, you know, quantifies that passing game and sucks up the middle of the field. And I think Noah Fant can be that guy. He's a big body. Uh, right now, his ownership percentage in uh, in Yahoo is, let's see, 24%. So he's probably outside that tight end one conversation. He's probably in the tight end two conversation. But I think if he can suck up some targets earlier in the year for somebody like mm-hmm. Gino, who might be running from it for his life, yeah. might be struggling with uh, with uh, completion percentage. You could see a few touchdowns go his way and somebody that could be steady along the year and one of those and end up in a in a tight end one situation. I agree. No, that, yeah. that could definitely that could definitely work, especially because since they named Gino the starter for now, um, Gino is probably one of the most boring quarterbacks to watch play football <laughs> in the world. Yeah. So if he has, say, four people running a route, yep. he's not reading the defense. He's reading who's the closest person to me so that the ball only has to be in the air for three for like as short as possible. So the tight end is usually going to be that guy. Or he just runs it for one yard and slots. That's the Geno package. That's it. <laughs> Well, lucky, lucky Seattle. Obviously, they yeah. will be in the market for a quarterback next year. Um, oh, yeah. Quick question. Would you ha- rather have uh, Brisket or Geno Smith? Somebody in our league was trying to force Geno on me all week, and I had to really just, you know, no means no kind of <laughs> uh, the situation because uh. I just – I guess brisket. Honestly, I'd rather have brisket because really, brisket has, uh, you know, when his time is going to end. You know, okay, sure. Watson's come back week uh, with twelve or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. They're going to use you till then, uh, unless of some barring some terrible injury. In Seattle, guarantee after about two to three weeks of the offense putting up a total of eight points or nine points throughout three games. They're going to get really bored of him and be like, you know, Drew kind of sucks, but at least he'll throw a deep ball every once in a while. Mm. So God, like so nasty it's, but they're, they're setting themselves up to kind of be, you know, basically just, uh, you know, when you throw up in your mouth and you got to swallow it because you're in public, yeah. that's going to be their season all year. Oh. They're just going to be waiting for the the draft basically. And, and whoever the next big QB is that they'll be in line to get basically. just swallow. It's going to be gross. Yeah. Gross. yeah it's going to be gross. Yeah. yeah, maybe watch it. maybe Noah Fant can carve a little spot in that that puke swallowing and and a little niche. How about your next guy? Who do you got? So I I wrote him down yesterday, and I'm really regretting it because I'm kind of <laughs> I'm to, I because I even name, forgot. Uh, I just mentioned I all I the Green Bay receivers. Yeah, I, I know. You didn't even mention. I know, and I like I went back and I was trying to find some blurbs. I was like, has there been any good blurbs? And it's like, man, I honestly at this point, I'm just surprised Sammy Watkins is still in the league. I, I figure yeah. at this point, like ever since like he, I just uh, you know the first thing you think of Sammy Watkins is perfectly thrown ball and he drops it in Bill's uniform. Yeah, that was like his like calling card was like in the end zone drops it. So, yeah. And then mysteriously I, showing up every three weeks for the Ravens for a touchdown. That was, you know, for like two or three years. I mean, that's what we've known for Sammy Watkins. That's yeah. it. 
Well, and then maybe a few Chiefs touchdowns here and there. But and that, that's what I was saying. I was like, okay, there's there's no wide receivers there. Randall Cobb's old as fuck. Everybody else has been there long enough to know whether they're gonna be somebody or not. I was like, Sammy's new. Maybe he steps in, maybe he finally shows up. And I'm like, nah, but after like an eight-year career, he's not gonna finally show up now. He, yeah. he is who he is. Um and then I was going to go with another guy that I like, which actually just passed the 50% rostered mark, which is George Pickens, because he, okay. he was at like 40% for a little while. I will um, accept this Pickens. Last week. I will accept Pickens in lieu of Sammy Watkins, who, if he hasn't done it yet, it is not going to do it. You know, that's why I like yeah. Dobbs a lot in that offense, because I think uh, you've got really honestly unownable fantasy guys for the last like almost half decade of Cobb and Sammy Watkins. I mean, Cobb literally was somebody that we drafted in the first five rounds in like the late two thousands. So he, I mean, he used to be a 99 speed on men. Yeah. I mean, this is somebody who we, who we thought was like a really, really good receiver, you know, back, you know, maybe it was after the Donald driver days, but right there, uh, Javon Walker days, maybe, uh, you know, one of those, uh, early on in, in Aaron Rodgers' career. And so this is this team has just not a lot of exciting receiver options. I think Dobbs can really fill that spot, or he's shown that he can't fill in the preseason. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'll accept George Pickens. Tell me about George Pickens, because I've looked at him on your uh on your team and i you know question whether i should trade for him or invest in him and i'm just a little scared um with the with the receiving options that the steelers have where does he fit in so that that is a great question because steelers do have a lot of receiving options there um but the biggest thing is is when you see this guy play he he shows up man he is a big wide receiver you see him like when like he, he caught just the other day, he caught a quick slant and the, the corner goes in to tackle him. The guy he just like sh- throws him off of him. It, the guy, the guy is, you know, catching the ball at high points, uh, breaking in and out of his routes really well. He's uh, spatial awareness the, to the sideline is great. He's, he's not your typical rookie by any means. Now. Yes. There's a lot of other, there's a lot of other mouths to feed there, but, and now I don't wish ill intent on everybody, anybody, but I will just simply state histor- historical facts that Claypool gets hurt a lot. Yep. And every time he catches the ball, he decides to throw himself to the ground like some sort of child in a tantrum. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But hey, you know what? Whatever. Do you? That's yeah. not good for himself, though. Yep. Deontay Johnson is really good, but he's also about 145 pounds. So too many hits, too many this and that. He caught the ball. He fell on his shoulder. He, I don't think anybody even hit him. He just fell on his shoulder, and he's hurt. Not going to last long playing a physical sport if you can't just, oh, my God, my shoulder. Come on, man. Like, just, yeah. So I don't think Pickens has that much to worry about with how fragile these guys are. Like, honestly, like, just, I don't know. You know, you got to realize you're going in to play a, a contact sport. So kind of, you know, get ready for that. So I think, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, as far I mean, as that goes. I think you and a lot of people agree because uh, Pickens, like you said, uh, I mean, he's one of the fastest growing, uh, you know, wide receivers in fantasy right now. I think that if he gets off to a hot start, catch a touchdown wink one, he is somebody that's going to be universally owned. 
you know, even if he does that in week two or week three, there's just going to be so much because people love rookie receivers in the age of Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. If he can get a hot start, I mean, we are talking the sky's the limit for George Pickens. So I think that was a great free agent pickup by you. And um, I, I don't know if he necessarily will be long on this list for very long. I think that as we near week one and as we move on from week one, the guys like Alec Pierce and Noah Fant, I mean, he just blows those people out of the water. But uh, but yeah, at this point, I think that he's definitely a must-own for sure. Uh, I'm going to go with a running back. Um, unfortunately, we saw the news a couple of days ago that Brian Robinson Jr. got shot twice out of the hospital now. I don't know if you saw the pictures. Mm -hmm. Um, He's on crutches, but it looks like he, I don't want to say he was grazed, but definitely not life-threatening. He's up and on his feet. You know, it's fine. Uh, Or maybe he's just one tough motherfucker. I don't know. He he looked fine. Um, It's going to open up some spots. I don't know how long it takes uh, somebody to come back from being shot. I, there's not a lot of data on that. Okay. So there, there's data on hamstrings and Achilles and ACLs and all that stuff. If you get shot, I can't tell you if you're going to be back in week three, week 10, what? Uh, I don't know when he'll get cleared, but I do know week one, which is what we're talking about, there's going to be spots open. Uh, there's going to be receiving work. There's going to be spots on the ground. Uh, Antonio Gibson has looked like hot garbage in the preseason. So he is the de facto number one. The de facto number two is somebody who has won fantasy weeks and has been kind of a fantasy darling for the last three or four years, and that's J.D. McKissick. Uh, J.D. McKissick is, to me, one of the better receiving options in the in the NFL right now, uh, regardless of, of standing. The reason that people don't like him is because uh, he's very inconsistent when it comes to workloads, uh, if they are getting down in a game, Jamie McKissick will score you a shit ton of points. Um, if if they are in a uh, competitive game or trying to run the clock out, you won't see him on the field. That's just how it is. The James White role, the Naheem Hines role, that sort of stuff. Uh, it it just doesn't work out, but. Last year, 397 yards, two touchdowns through the air. It doesn't seem like a lot, but it really got more consistent near the end there. And and on the ground, uh, you know, he did have 212 yards and two touchdowns. So it's not like he's just catching the ball. He can also run the ball as well. And I think that he'll get a lot of work uh, week one. So if you're looking for that desperation running back to for week one, and there's literally nobody else out there. I can almost guarantee uh, J.D. McKissick's going to be available for you in a pinch. And he is right now. Uh, give me one second. Uh, he is 33% owned. So uh, not as you know unpopular as you think. 33% isn't crazy. But I think that if you need help, I mean, there's... Often people go, my gosh, I don't know who to start. J.K. Dobbins is not going to start or he's not going to play week one because, you know, they they are really nursing this injury. If you need somebody, J.D. McKissick's there and he will uh, he'll he could get you 10 points. You never know. 
No, I like it. I do. Cause yeah. like you were saying earlier, you know, when you get into those later rounds and usually in most in like regular leagues that, that are running back premium, like there's, it's a desert out there for running back. So it's, it's always good to find somebody that, you know, you could at least depend anywhere from five to 10 points on, you know, get some catches, especially if it's a PPR or something like that too. So I think mm-hmm. that'd be good. Um, especially cause I don't really expect the uh, Washington commanders to be, leading in the score wise in many games at all right. um yeah but no and i really like that but to stay with the same team there i my next guy is actually curtis samuel just because he's a very good possession wide receiver they've got scary terry over there but uh i just i think you know as much as great as scary terry has been if you're a defense that's the main guy you got to stop is is make sure scary terry doesn't blow off the top and and that's really about it so i expect curtis samuel to get a look uh to be a really good position uh possession wide receiver for them this year four mm-hmm. percent owned uh didn't really get a lot of work last year but i think that was due to injuries but yeah i mean curtis samuel's like a uh, debo light he can be lined up in the backfield Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. you know, as, as somebody that does work on the line of scrimmage, um, can go for those short passes, can get you rushing yards on end arounds and whatnot. I mean, he's a, he's a weapon to be used. And to be honest, when you're looking at, it, especially now that they've lost Robinson and you've got Antonio Gibson beat up, you, they could really use some offensive weapons help. Um, they've got Jahan Dotson who. Uh, who has kind of emerged in the preseason and obviously scary Terry, but you're right. I think Curtis Samuel at 4% is too low owned. I don't think he should be like 20%, but uh, he is, he's uh, not owned enough for, for where he's at. So I think that's a, that's, that's a fine pickup for a wide receiver three or wide receiver four stash. Uh, Okay. So I'm going to go with this guy anyway. Um, I know earlier today, um, Kenyon Drake got signed. I don't think Kenyon Drake comes in in two weeks and takes uh, the bulk of the carries week one away from J.K. Dobbins. I think that no matter what happens, rain or shine, you know, nothing's going to stop Mike Davis, who's been in this offense all year um, and has been a reliable runner um, up the middle, Gus Edwards type. Um, from getting a majority of carries. I think that he's going to get the lion's share of the work week one, no matter what. And I think that even if Kenyon Drake does play, Mike Davis still gets a lot of those carries. We've seen in the past them go with J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, uh, Gus Edwards. You've seen that that trio. I know it's a nightmare for fantasy, but we're talking players that can help you week one that's, that are really low owned. Um, I, I think Mike Davis can be that guy. Uh, that he's got his his carry solidified, maybe not week two. Like I said, if you come out and uh, and and Kenyon Drake has a great week one, uh, you might see Mike Davis carries dwindle in week two, uh, and and you might not see the work that you wanted to going forward. But week one against the Jets in New York, I could see Mike Davis coming out there and get you a ten spot. So. Definitely a running back too at twenty one percent owned uh, that that you guys could could take a look at. 
I like it. Yeah, no, because yep. I mean, especially since you, you said with the other injuries there and just the way the offense is, they are they are a running offense. So mm-hmm. you know he's going to get his carries. You know he's going to be a, a focus in the off, uh, in the red zone. So you definitely have that chance to get a good 10, 15 points out of him, especially against the Jets. I think that's a great start for week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so last one for you. La- last one, I'm going to go with Cameron Bright, just because – Brady, I can't remember the last time he played a season without Gronk, mm-hmm. and he's still going to be looking at that tight end, especially in the red zones. Uh, so I definitely think Cameron Brady, you could do a lot worse at tight end than him because Brady's going to be coming back. He's If he's getting older, which he is, that means arm strength is slowing down, which means throwing to the outside is a lot more risky because you better you know, have your feet perfectly planted, drive that ball, or else it's a pick six. So I think he's going to find a lot more comfort in going to the middle of the field like he always has and going to his tight end. Yeah, I think Brates definitely. I know they got Kyle Rudolph there, but I think Brates definitely the guy to own. I mean, he's been a touchdown machine in the past. When I'm seeing the Bucks in primetime, even prior when Gronk was on that team, I would count Brate as a touchdown machine, get him as a, a touchdown anytime bet. Uh, you know, he's somebody that he's really looked at in the red zone, had multiple, uh, mm-hmm. two touchdown games, um, as the go-to tight end. And if they ever run two tight end sets, which I think they will with Cal Rudolph, uh, I think Cameron Brate's a good on. Do I think he's a top 14 guy? Probably not. But I think that, uh, in a, in a situation where you're running in two tight end leagues or you're having some kind of injury, Brate can definitely, uh, be that, that filling guy. Okay, so we've done the offense. We don't need to take, you know, all the listeners' time on these defenders um, because obviously IDP is a thing that me and you are used to. We've done it for 20 years. Uh, Not a lot of people, other people do IDP, uh, but... They're coming along slowly. They're coming along slowly. I think think in the next 10 years, we'll see a lot more IDP leagues or people um, adopting this process because it's so damn fun to watch fantasy happen on both sides of the ball instead of just one side and having uh, more knowledge about how defense fantasy defense works and uh, you know, the intricacies of, of uh, where value is contained on the defensive side. I'll start out um, with somebody who really helped me in my fantasy playoffs last year as an IDP guy uh, outside linebacker for the uh, San Francisco 49ers, Aziz Al-Shair. Now, uh, I left him last season. He didn't play the, the championship game for me because he had a bad elbow. But even with that bad elbow, um, in, that, in the second-to-last game that he played, he came out and uh, I think had a forced fumble and killed it for me on, on the defensive side. Uh, he's a tough guy. Man, and he's going to get out there and work it. And I know the guy to own on that defensive uh, front seven is going to be um, Aziz, not Aziz Alshair, Fred Warner and Nick mm-hmm. Bosa. But Aziz Alshair is a dependable guy. Uh, I think there was like four plus weeks in a row before he went down where he got 10 plus points uh, on a one point tackle scale. I mean, he's just a really solid outside linebacker. I would not be surprised. Um, if if he got you 10 points a week early on, especially week one, uh, going, going against Chicago and Justin Fields there. 
So yeah, Aziz Al Shayir is my first. Uh, he is three percent owned currently, so almost next to nothing. Who do you got with your first defensive guy? Um, I was just gonna say on that. Uh, I know you said you were saying Fred Warner and uh, Nick Bosa are, are kind of the main guys known to that defense. You have to realize too is like we were just like you're just saying about realizing how defenses work for fantasy. Nick Bosa's in front of him, so Nick Bosa instead of a lineman you know, saying, okay, I'm going to chip Bosa and go up to the second level for a block. Mm -mm, two guys on Bosa. Or else yeah. he's going to blow up the whole play, which leaves who? Aziz uh, Al-Sharir wide open to make the play. And mm -hmm. so that 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 is huge. So there's little things like that you got to think about. Uh, so the first guy on my list is uh, Alex Hightower. So, so it's, it's I, I, I okay. don't want to correct you. I think it's High Smith. Oh, it is, I think you're right. Yeah, it's High Smith. High Smith I, we used yep. to have another guy, Hightower. Yeah. Yep. High Smith. So mm -hmm. he is the opposite outside line linebacker to TJ Watt. And gotcha. watching him last year, he, I mean, he got a decent amount of sacks himself. But like, I'm almost every single play that TJ Watt made, it was, it was like, you know, like, boom, boom, out. High Smith was like right there, and yep. Watt got the sack stat, but High Smith was like right there. So I really think that this year, after getting Defensive Player of the Year for Watt, there, he's going to get a lot more attention, a lot more chip blocks, a lot more uh, double teams, and that's going to leave uh, Highsmith for a, a really good chunk of sacks and, uh, and, other, built, and uh, other plays to make. Cool. Yeah, I know. I, I, uh, I was wondering about that. That, that linebacking core is a little, it looks a little bit different this year with Miles Jack, uh, Highsmith, oh, yeah. TJ like Watt. Miles Jack. Yeah, Ryan Miles Jack and he can hit. He can yeah. hit. Yeah. And I, I know that would be another one that's you know lower owned, but I, I you know I think he might be a little bit higher owned. But yeah, Highsmith's one percent owned. Um, pretty much free in every draft. You can get him in the last pick. And uh, yeah, if he's healthy, definitely can come in and, and make some plays. Um, I've got a DB for those of you who look for a DB, Jerry Sneed, uh, for the for the Chiefs. Now the reason that Chiefs uh, DBs are so valuable is for tackles. I mean, the guy scored over 103 points last year, had, uh, let's see, uh, 96 or 80, 76 tackles last year, um, only a sack and two picks. But uh, for somebody that's coming in that plays hybrid safety and corner, um, he can get some points for you. Uh, you know, the Chiefs are going to be playing in a lot of, uh, every time I think of the Chiefs and I think of games, I think of that Bills game from last year where there's just an absolute shootout where every game was a pass uh, or every play was a pass. Legereus Sneed can be in on that. Um, I think that you could do way worse um, at DB. 3% owned, somebody that you could sneak in there uh, and, and should be, you know, at pretty high on, on people's DB list. I, I'm surprised he's not owned in, in our league. I agree. No, it's, yep. it's definitely a good pick. Like you said, the guy that you can count, uh, if you can count on your DB for tackles, at least, that's it's mm -hmm. just a lot more of a sure bet. Yep. My next guy I got is a middle linebacker, Christian Kirksey for the Houston mm -hmm. Texans. Okay. I, I like watching him play. He flies He flies to the ball well. He, he's sideline to sideline uh, kind of uh, linebacker, and he's middle linebacker. So it's all set up uh, for him in a 4-3 to make the play. It's, it really is. True. So I think uh, you could do a lot worse than that just because he is everything's in front of him 
to make uh, to make the play. So he just needs to go out and do it. And from what I saw last year, he did he did a pretty good job. And like earlier on in the year, I kind of expected Christian Harris to take over that job and Christian Kirksey go to the back of the line. But Christian Kirksey was so solid last year and had a really solid preseason. I am not giving up on Christian Harris uh, getting a, you know, sneaking in a spot on this defense. And I really think mm-hmm. he's the future of the Texans, but Christian Kirksey is super uh, reliable at that middle linebacker mm-hmm. uh, position. And it's become just a, a, a cornerstone veteran that is going to provide points on probably a defense that's going to struggle um, throughout the year, which, which is the Texans. Uh, I got Quincy Williams, which is kind of, uh, I don't want to say popular. Um, he's the strong side linebacker and CJ Mosley and you got Quan Alexander on the other side. So they're kind of piecing together this Jets defense, Mm -hmm. but Quincy Williams is uh, in his third year. Um, he had a decent year last year, uh, had over 100 tackles, so 110 tackles, um, had, you know, three forced fumbles, two sacks. Um, I mean, he made some plays. In So he started out with Jacksonville, and then he came over to uh, to the Jets this last year. Last year, he got 124 points, which is pretty decent for um, for a for a linebacker. Ten tackles for loss. Uh, he's looking as like somebody who's going to score between seven and ten points a week. And like I said, he's looking pretty popular from that outside spot. If he's somebody that can that you know did not mature in his first or second year, and then gets a new landscape and comes out and can be a hundred plus point linebacker every single year, uh, I could see him being an IDP staple uh, for, for years and years to come. Uh, he's somebody that in the preseason, I have been close to picking up multiple times. Um, he's been on my watch list. I just, I decided to go with more established, uh, you know, more people like Isaiah Simmons and stuff like that more than him. But if ever I got an injury or ever I need somebody in a pinch, Quincy Williams definitely would be my guy. I think he's my number one person that uh, I would take uh, if I needed an IDP. 9% owned on Yahoo. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I mean, if he left recently in the uh, Urban Meyer uh, head coaching part of the Jaguars, you can't really put that on him. There are a lot of really good players that left during that time. Uh, And so that, uh, you know, you could do a lot worse than that because – he's just been an awful coach. So to see him go to the jets and do well, that's, that's pretty good. Well, I think it was prior. So oh, was he, came it prior? In, okay. he came in 2021. So last year was his first full year. So he only played 11 games in his rookie year and seven games in the year following. So the Jaguars didn't really want to play him all that much. And he didn't really do anything. Came over to the jets, got in all 16 games and scored, you know, over 124 points. That's his first full year as a full-time starter. Uh, he's exciting, man. I, I, I think, uh, you know, he could be somebody that could make some plays this year for sure. Well, I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, uh, bag my next two guys in the same position just because they're, they're very similar. I got Chuck Clark and Devin McCourty. Okay. Old, old school safeties that have kind of been year in year out. 
don't get injured very much, make a decent amount of tackles, will get you, you know, four to 10 points a week. You know, it's not going to be great, but they're consistent. They're always on the field. They're not going to lose their job. They make tackles because they're safeties. And and they're, they're uh, Devin's a free-roaming free safety, which gives them a little bit more chance for interceptions, turnovers, yeah. such, such as that. But they're just both, I guess, guys you can count on. Because for DBs, you just got to make sure you don't get, a, don't get a goose egg. Right. And they're not going to be the, like, first people off the board in an IDP league. Uh, but it just seems like every year that I've played IDP that – Chuck Clark has been in the league. He's been like one of the first people off free agents because he does come in and he is involved in plays every single, uh, you know, time you watch the Ravens in primetime, they have some kind of like Chuck Clark uh, reference where they go in, you know, you get the, the, the thing on the screen where it tells you, you know, where he went to school and all sorts of stuff. And they talk about Chuck Clark and how he's all over the field. Again, he's not going to be the flashy eight interception, uh, you know, lunch force fumble kind of guy, but he is a solid tackle guy and a cornerstone of that Ravens defense for sure. So I like those two guys for sure. Um, I'm going to go in the same direction. You could have just included Eddie Jackson in that conversation as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. So they drafted Jaquan Brisker um, with their second round pick. So Jaquan Brisker was the second safety off the board in this year's draft he's like a future safety i had him i drafted him in a couple of our drafts um idp drafts i his injuries kind of worry me so but i think he's going to start week one anyway the reason i'm saying that is because they've moved eddie to free safety from strong safety um giving him a little bit more freedom on on that side of the ball and uh you know a little bit more uh, room to defend the pass mm-hmm. and uh, make plays in the air instead of just being the the guy that stuffs the box. Um, so we'll see how he does right right with that. He's two percent owned, um, but in years past, Eddie Jackson's been a top ten DB off the board in IDP drafts. Um, he's been somebody that we've really depended on in in all of my IDP leagues. I know last year him scoring seventy four points is unacceptable and really not somebody that you want to depend on from week to week. But if you see the, any Eddie Jackson that you saw prior to last year, then you're seeing an Eddie Jackson that uh, can be really dependable uh, in that IDP roles. And especially at 2%, again, you can get him for free in most spots. So, Yeah, I agree. I think that's a really good value pick because if he get, comes back to anything close to what he was, uh, that be huge for your defense, especially like you said, for basically free, you know, end of the draft, free agent pickup, whatever it may be. Yep. Give me give me one more. One more guy. One more. Last one is gonna be Xavier Howard. Mm-hmm. Now I know corners can be a little risky, but the guy's got talent. And I think that a year removed from not being the biggest uh you know talked about defensive player is really good for him. Just right. because then quarterbacks will think, oh, I could get this ball around him. Ah, shit, pick six. So, like, it, you know, we've seen him make plays. The guy, you know, has the hands to make the interceptions. He got the moves to find the end zone. He's got amazing coverage skills. So, I just, I think you could do a lot worse. And yeah, I usually you can kind of figure out within a couple of weeks it, what kind of year he's going to have, whether it's going to be a down year like Eddie's last year or it's going to be another almost defensive player of the year. Uh, year for him because two years ago he was pretty amazing i mean last year he was pretty amazing so you're still pretty 
I think that the, the way that Miami disguises Xavier Howard is the reason that he's such a good IDP because you look at somebody like Jalen Ramsey who just doesn't get thrown at and you go, you know, this just isn't really an IDP solution. Real life, great player, doesn't mm-hmm. get thrown at, doesn't get a lot of path deflections, doesn't get a lot of action just because people he's got people covered up so well. I think Xavier Howard is the same way. But the way Miami disguises him lets him get those five interceptions that he had last year. They mm-hmm. can put him in so he has that sack. Uh, 15 pass deflections is really, really good for, for a corner. That's almost one a game. At one and a half points in our league, that's amazing. Two fumbles forced, two fumble recoveries, uh, and two defensive touchdowns last year. I mean, 132 points. He was one of the better corners. Uh, only 13% owns, which is great. Um, and probably not owned just for the reason that we just talked about is because most teams are afraid to throw his way. Uh, mm-hmm. So really what you're depending on is that talent combined with the way that Miami can use him in different situations and line him up against maybe not the best receivers, um, uh, you know, time and time again and not make it predictable uh, really can make him an IDP asset for sure. So that's a, that's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Uh my last one is yeah. Drew Tranquil. Okay. So I don't know if you remember Kenneth Murray Jr., who was drafted mm-hmm. in the first round a few years back. And we were all big on Kenneth Murray Jr. I believe he's coming out of AM, I think, and how he mm-hmm. was going to be like future middle linebacker, uh, you know, Junior Seau, Roquan Smith type guy in the middle. And he really hasn't shown up. He's really been kind of a somebody who's struggled with injuries, and when he's been on the field, has been less than productive. Drew Tranquil is playing in that position. Kenneth Murray's going to be healthy for week one, so they're going to share that that inside linebacker spot. But Drew Tranquil has been really productive in that spot, and I think that uh, he has kind of a, a, a cult following, the Trank following. Um, He's been there all preseason. We'll see if he's 100% healthy. But if given a bigger opportunity, I think Drew Tranquil can be somebody who leads the league in tackles. Obviously, you're not seeing it right now. Um, Only 71 points last year in a limited amount of work. Uh, One and a half sacks. Uh, Didn't really have anything outside of the tackles for loss and only had 76 combined tackles. 1% owned. So this is somebody that I'm really like... You know, if you if you see Drew Tranquil do well, yeah, this is something that I came up with out of the back of my brain. It's a it's a really high odd lottery ticket that I'm not you know, go saying go out and get Drew Tranquil. But if you want to take a risk and you want somebody with really high upside, uh, somebody that can that may be able to make you look like a somebody really smart in the in the idp realm drew tranquil is your guy i think that uh he has the talent to be a top 10 linebacker um but i'm also saying that he could be a free agent throughout the year so uh just take it with a grain of salt (laughs) take it with a grain of salt yes this is this is a high risk high reward type player but uh, i really like drew tranquil i've been I, I i watch him weekly throughout the preseason hoping that he would uh you know make some notes and 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 say the middle linebacker inside linebacker position is mine kenneth murray he didn't quite do that but i still believe in him 
as somebody that can can uh, can carry your IDP. I like it because I mean he he's got a lot of great players around him on defense that yeah whether it be you know uh, getting a recovering a fumble that somebody else caused that or uh, you know getting a sack because Derwin James has great coverage in in the defensive backfield. Um, or because Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack are taking extra blockers on, so it leaves you open. Right. Um, there's there's a lot of things that that can go really well for him. He is set up for success. He's got a lot of great players around him with great experience that he could he could have a great year this year. I like that. Yeah. The only thing really in his way of being like a star linebacker is Kenneth Murray. And if Kenneth Murray shows up and it's Kenneth Murray that they drafted in the first round a few years ago, then disregard everything I just said and insert. Kenneth Murray Jr. in that because I Some, sometimes that that comes down to because they're playing a three four sometimes that comes down to uh defensive scheming so if the defensive because one of them is basically going to be like the strong safety and one of them is going to be the fr- free roaming safety so if mm-hmm. the middle one has quarterback duties and the other one is just spying or like the middle one one of them is going to have the running back and the other one's just going to be spying you want the guy that's spying and hopefully he's instincts enough to be able to just make every play and go right but if he's the guy that's, you know, covering the running back, his, his points are going to go down a lot. So yeah. that's going to be the difference between Kenneth Murray or Drew Tranquil, one of them being better or not, basically. Yeah. And and uh, Kenneth Murray isn't 100%. Like, he came off PUP, but he's not, he's not 100% to make week one. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's eased back in. Uh, but I think he's got the talent. Kenneth Murray has the talent or did have the talent um, and the pedigree to be, like, a top IDP guy. I think Drew Tranquil is there right now. And if in the situation he's in can help you week one, get just like blow up and get that 10 to 15 points. And you're like, wow, you got 10 solo tackles, five assists and a forced fumble. Like I think Drew Tranquil can be that guy. Um, We're just going to have to see uh, how it shakes out. I'm I'm excited to watch the San Diego defense and I'm going to be watching them close because I I think there's a lot of stars there um, with uh, Derwin James and Mack and uh, the, the free safety just got picked up in our league. Jason uh, Jackson. Well, there's oh, Jason. No, 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 uh, Nasir Adderley. Adderley. Yeah, yeah. Adderley. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of talent there, a lot of IDP talent to watch for sure. There is. And uh, just remember, they're in LA now. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, called them San Diego's off. Oh, did uh, I? But they, they, do, they do have a lot of talent on defense. And honestly, I think they're set up to play from a play with the lead. Uh-huh. Basically, because if they're if the other offense has to pass the ball and you've got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack going after him with and uh, Sierra Adley, Derwin James and JC Jackson covering the defensive backfield, you're going to they're going to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a that's a fun division, fun team to watch, fun division to watch for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. Last thing before we let you guys go. I know this has been a long podcast. Thanks for sticking with us. Last thing before we let you go. Sleeper of the year, Scott. Okay, sleeper of the year, because next next week I'm going to come out. We're going to come out. We're going to give predictions for some of the games. So this is your chance to give me the sleeper of the year, somebody that maybe no one else likes but you, that you think is going to have a great year. I think Desmond Ritter is going to be great. Desmond I think Ritter. He's gonna, yeah, I think I think he's going to do really well. I think the, the – uh, Falcons have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. I think that Mariota's bones are made of glass. Uh, I think he hasn't been starting for a while for a good reason because he's not a good quarterback. And he'll get crunched about 
35 times in the first three weeks. And then they'll be like, wow, we need somebody that's just not going to sit there and, you know, get toppled over like a Jenga uh, tower. So yeah. they'll end up putting Desmond Ritter in there because he can move around a little bit more, make some more plays with his feet, things like that. I think they'll end up being pretty happy with that, especially over Mariota. That's, you might as well start Baker. That's terrible. Yeah, I I didn't mind Ritter in the preseason. Uh, I and I think that if Ritter can do, if Ritter can be successful with that team, a Drake London, you know, Cordell Patterson, Kyle team, Pitts, Kyle Pitts, you're right, Kyle Pitts, uh, then he can be successful going forward, and they can build around him. That that could be a good pick. Do I 100% agree with you? No, not so much because I I think that, um, like I just said, there's just not enough there for Desmond Ritter to come in and be super successful. Um, And in the preseason, he did at times show that he's a little bit reckless with the ball. I think there was one game where he turned the ball over a couple times, but Mm -hmm. um, I won't poke the bear and say you dropped him because you did drop him um, because I know that if, you even get the inkling of Desmond Ritter getting a start or Mariota doing bad, you'll be the first to the well, waiver wire to pick him back. Do you up. expect Mariota to do well? Um that's the real question. Do you expect Mariota to do well? Mariota ex- had the best passer rating for any quarterback in the preseason. I know that's useless information, but um uh, I don't. Do I expect him to do well, like quarterback one? No. Do you expect him to still be a starter, say midway through the season? I see that the pause. The pause is said enough. That's all. I, like, ooh, I don't know. Like, wait, do I have to put money on it? No. All right. I'll be surprised if he. <laughs> I'll be surprised if he starts every game. I'll say that. I'll be surprised if he starts every game. But yeah. I don't think that necessarily. If they go one and seven, that they're going to be like Ritter. I, I, I don't know. Maybe you're right. They might. I don't know. That's usually um, the first thing they do. Yeah. <laughs> Change the <your> quarterback. <laughs> yeah. So. No. I. Yeah. Uh, I got Sam Howell, seventy-five okay. to one at for rookie of the year. Um, <laughs> he like he throw twenty bucks. He went fifteen hundred dollars. Um, Sam Howell had a really good preseason. I really liked, uh, you know, he played at North Carolina. He really fell in the draft, uh, and he, he fell with the commanders. Uh, and I thought that pick, I didn't really think much of it at the time. You know, I knew they had gone Wentz and they had Taylor Heineke. And he's still, Sam Howell's third string. Okay. But he had a really, really good preseason. I think that if and when Wentz struggles, like I don't, I'm not going to bet against Wentz again Win. this season. I'll, I'll bet it. I'll bet against him. <laughs> he, he's, I, he's another guy that should not be a starting quarterback. He is a steward in place of whoever the successor is. That's all he is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'll. Uh, the end of last year was brutal. Like the way they lost out to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were like one of the worst defenses, and the way he like couldn't get it done against that team was brutal. And I, I'm you've listened to me. I'm always one. How did you finish last year? Because it's going to be a continuance in how you play this year. Um, If you finished hot, you're probably going to start hot this year. If you finished shitty last year, you're probably going to start shitty this year. Um, And wins finish shitty. So if 
I, but again, he made me look like a fool last year because a lot of times he was a, a pretty good, uh, you know, pretty good option at quarterback. I think he'd end up as quarterback 10. But if there's somebody to see time and they're not in a competitive state, say they're like in the same situation we just talked about with the Falcons, they're one and seven. Mm-hmm. I think they'd like to turn Sam Howell and see what he can do rather than Taylor Heineke. Even though Taylor Heineke might be the better quarterback right now or the more uh, the quarterback that they might the best quarterback to win games mm-hmm. if they were in a competitive mood. Like if Wentz got hurt, don't get me wrong. I would rather see Taylor Heineke early on in the season, but if they're in a losing situation where they're like throwing their arms up and giving up on the season, I think you might see Sam Howell. And I think he, he's set up to succeed in that offense. Um, and, and really, honestly, I like him. If he is the starting quarterback for the commanders next year, I like Sam Howell to be a, a good quarterback going forward. I could see that because uh, I don't expect Carson Wentz to finish the first half of the season, um, whether it be from play or injury or mental stability, whatever it may be. Um, so, and they already know what they have in Heineke, so they could definitely see, be more curious in seeing what uh, what Hal can bring to the table after having a good preseason. Because yeah. I think I think Heineke, they pretty much established he's essentially he's a he's a mid level backup quarterback. I think it's a pretty good backup. I he he beat Brady a few years ago, didn't he beat Brady in the playoffs? I think I think he's no. When they when the when the Commanders saw Brady in the playoffs, Brady won the the game before when Chase Young was running off field going, "Oh, well, Brady!" And then Brady was like, "All right, here I am, bitch," and beat him. Yeah, ah, uh, maybe I don't know. It was, I, they. I think they may have beat him in like like the end of the regular season. Yeah, like yeah, that might have been years or something. And the commanders were like, this is our season. Yeah. 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 That might've been, I just remember it's like, Whoa, he beat Brady. Heineke beat Brady. But, yeah. but yeah, that might've been it. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, no, I, he's decent. I think he deserves to be in the NFL. I just don't agree that he's the future of any team. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I could see how getting some play. I like it. All right, Scott. Hey, it was great talking to you, man. Um, I know it's more than a week away until we could see some live football, but hey, we're getting warmed up a little bit. Um, I'll see you next Tuesday. We'll, we'll have another one of these uh, every Tuesday until February. How does that sound? That sounds great. I'm ready for some real football, sir. I haven't been waiting all year for it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, we will see you guys next week, same time, same place. See ya. And it's been a while, but all that shit seems to disappear when I'm with you. And everything I can remember is fucked up. Past.